0: This is Lieutenant Tuvok of the USS Voyager, and you are listening to Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. Live long
1: and prosper.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trex in Sci-Fi podcast episode 296 for September the 12th, 2010. That was another little... Uh, snippet from Rob uh, just did another little voice there of Tuvok. Uh, We're going to do a Voyager episode this week, so it seemed appropriate, and thanks, Rob, for that. It's going to be the episode Message in a Bottle. I think, what was this season? Oh, I got the disc sitting over here. Let me look. It's four or five. Oh, I guess I got to pull it out of the envelope. Hard to see on these things. This is good, good audio here going. Okay, season four. Yes, we're going to do this episode, A Message in a Bottle, which I've already said, and it is early on Sunday, like I have said many times of recent weeks, I seem to be waking up kind of early on the weekends, not quite sure why. Uh, During the week, of course, you feel like always sleeping in, and on the weekends, you wake up at 6 a.m. anyway. So, uh, but yes, that is the episode for this week. It's the, um, Voyager episode with the doctor on that, uh, uh sort of future, not really futuristic experimental prototype Federation ship. I believe it is with the holographic, uh, guy aboard and all that. Anyway, that will be, uh, I'm going to cover that one with the full commentary thing. We'll have the episode playing in the background. So that should be fun. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I really talked like this and had a regular show. Last week, we did uh, had a great guest spot by Rick Moyer. I want to thank him again for that. Did the episode Conspiracy from TNG, and two weeks ago, had that live uh, kind of, you know, a little off-the-cuff and, and, and just fun uh, celebration for five years of Treks in Sci-Fi. But this week, back to sort of the basics. Got a lot of stuff to talk about and catch up on, and... Just just going to have some fun and on another edition of Treks in Sci-Fi. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast.
3: Stand by to receive our transmission.
2: Sci-Fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise.
4: Pokey religions and ancient weapons.
2: Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews.
4: I am to misbehave.
2: The weekly trucks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico... At treksandsci fi.com. Okay, well, let's get into the show. Uh, You know, as uh, we we start into, I guess you call it year six of the podcast, I always, you know, try to. Shake things up, not drastically, but think about you know what what else could I do or add to the to the podcast or the show to make it a little different or more interesting. And I've got a few ideas. Uh, not necessarily going to incorporate all that in this show, but I will uh, kind of sprinkle them in. One thing I wanted to do was was briefly talk about um, TV and movies, but we're going to save that for uh, a few minutes uh, into the show after I cover a few other things. Uh, Probably, I guess the biggest thing is is uh, going on with me. I usually kind of fill people in. I was offered a formally offered a uh, a permanent spot at the job here in Rockford at Tester, and on Friday, and told them I was going to think about it over the weekend. But that's good news, and it's still um, or it it is uh, going to you know move me from being a contractor to a regular employee for the company and kind of a little more senior position there and still doing kind of what I've been working on and and, and everything but a little bit more responsibility and, and all that so uh it's exciting I, I'm, I'm frankly I got was a little shocked after all these months to have that happen they actually it was because of a senior person uh, is retiring in in the place and in the lab area in the company so that spot will be or is opening up is, is kind of the biggest reason so uh, I'll keep everyone posted on that and how things work out. Uh, told him I give him my final answer tomorrow. It's not like I'm going to say no. <laughs> uh, I always wonder when I post stuff on the forum about this and, and talk about it on the podcast is if anyone's listening from the company. I mean, I don't think so. No one's come up to me and say, "Hey, you're that Rico guy who does treks in sci-fi." I mean, the company has maybe eh, 100 and some people, 120 people working there, I think total. Uh, so that's a pretty small percentage of the overall population of the planet, you know, that could be listening to the podcast. And who knows, maybe someday I'll – I have actually had that happen. I think I mentioned uh, about that before, but I think it was at a convention or two where I've had people come up to me, you know, from posting my photo online for the, for the show and, and, and other reasons. I think I might have even have had one of the podcast T-shirts on. But he said, hey, are you that Rico guy? <laughs> and, you know, and it, I think it's happened twice, and, and it, it's just a little bit of a weird feeling, you know, when that happens. I, I thought it was kind of, kind of fun, and we talked for a little bit. So uh, uh, I'm going to just uh, gather my notes and then talk a little bit about Trek.
0: This is Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager, saying hello to all the listeners of Treks in Sci-Fi.
2: All right, uh, I always try to cover a few little Trek tidbits in the news and stories. There's a little uh, another interview. These guys, um, Robert Orsi, or- or- C- or- 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 I think is how you say his name, Alex Kurtzman, the two people writing the next Star Trek movie, they, these guys seem to get talked to and interviewed a lot and have very little to say still. I you know I, I know they're trying to keep secretive, but they got to really get this script nailed down, and I'm sure... At some point they will, and at some point maybe we'll learn a little bit of what, what's going to happen in it. But they got talked uh, in interview, talked to, talked about, talked, no. <laughs> oh, I got my Snapple tea here, really good flavor. It's uh, I think I may have mentioned this. Uh, it's called Compassion Berry, made by Holly Robinson Pete. Uh It's it's a good good drink to have on a Sunday morning. Anyway. These guys, they were uh, talked. Let me just uh, r- write or read what they said here. This is off uh, the Trek Movie site. J.J. Um, Abrams was also part of it. Uh, they not want to go into many details. J.J. says something: the universe that Roddenberry created was so vast, and it's so hard to say that there's one particular thing that stands out as what the sequel must be. Which, on the other, on one hand, is great, uh, is a great opportunity. On the other hand, it's great as challenge. Where do you go? What do you focus on? Uh, then Kurtzman says later on, uh, he says, starting at a premise of what you want to see and then working a story around it is not how we really do it. We have to start with what the right story is. And then you can say, is that a story that Khan, say, would fit into or another villain? Not deciding on a menu list of items and then seeing how you fit those into a story. So it looks like, uh, and I like that approach better. I mean, it looks like they're, their idea and their saying is that they want to come up with the sort of concept of the story what it's going to involve, how the Enterprise crew will get involved in it, and then decide, okay, does this serve you know, Khan for a villain or the Klingons or whoever? They mentioned those too. Here's another little thing. This is from Robert Orsi. He says, introducing a new villain in the sequel is tempting because we now have this incredible new sandbox to play in. But on the other hand, some fans really want to see Klingons, and it's hard not to listen to that. The trick is not to do something that's been seen before just because you think it will be a shortcut to likability. So, you know, in my opinion, and trying to read into that, um, you may be hearing a siren here soon. seems to be siren morning here in in Rockford, like uh, many mornings. Anyway, uh, I'll pause the recording here for a second. Sorry about that. Got a drink of tea too, but um, oh, I, I moved the computer back out into more of the living area in this apartment too um, yesterday, just to give me a little more room in the bedroom, and it's been cooler, so I don't need to be cramped and and, and shoved back in there with the AC going these days. It's last few days this week uh, or last week were real pleasant. We probably were only in the you know seventies at the most. I don't think we hit eighty much last week even. So. Although, no! Earlier in the week, I think we did at the very start of it, but okay. So going back to what these guys are saying about the movie, the the sequel, uh, it, it sounds like that they um, that they really probably want to create something fresh and new. At least that's the way I'm reading this. Uh, also, they say that um, they want to keep a balance between sort of the lighthearted moments and the the warmth of the first movie, along with some of the dark elements too. Robert Orsi says. Humor is part of the franchise, and I think it's critical. Certainly the, the, to the Bones-Spock relationship, it's definitely a big part of the Bones-Kirk relationship, too. So I don't see any world where humor doesn't play a part. Uh, a lot of this is uh, taken from, There's a, uh, I think this is a UK magazine. It's called SFX, uh, talking about Star Trek Two as their cover story in that, and that's where this has come from, even though it was posted on the Trek movie site or at least excerpts from it from the magazine article. UK, you guys have a lot of cool magazines, and I always look at those like Empire and others in the in the bookstores over here, but I've tried to, to or thought about subscribing to them, but they're darn expensive. Uh, you know, it's like, I don't know, $100 a year. I mean, it's literally like almost $100 a year, and I understand there's postage and all that. But it, it with the internet, it's 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 kind of hard to justify spending that kind of money on on a magazine subscription when you can find out most of it online. So there is a little little aside for you. But I do like what you have. If I lived in the UK, you guys have some nice uh, sci-fi magazines, that's for sure. So the movie, still working on it, sounds interesting. I I, I do I, I think these guys will come up with something great for us all to watch in two thousand and twelve. So we uh you know I don't know, what do we get? Our uh a year and a half hour was I about to say an hour. <laughs> uh we're not too far away. Not too far away. And they really uh the plan is to start filming it sometime in the spring, I think is the last I heard early next spring, or mid spring or whatever, maybe into late spring. I don't know. Sometime in two thousand eleven they will have to be filming this thing to get it ready for twenty twelve. It. It's got a uh, launch date still in June of 2012, so we'll be looking forward to it. I'm going to take a uh, little brief break here, but I am going to play for you. Uh, uh, this is um, uh, some of Rick Moyer and his son talking about uh, Lord of the Rings Online, the multi, massively multiplayer online game uh, that's been out for several years, but just recently went to uh, free play. You can play it for free, you can also still pay for things to get more uh, items and stuff. I'm sure they're going to talk about it as well. I I tried a little bit of actually yesterday myself uh, played the game. I I still play World of Warcraft, uh, not very often, but, you know, uh, I still enjoy that type of game, fantasy and MMOs, so uh, I'll be interested to hear what these guys have to say about Lord of the Rings. So uh, take it away, and I'll be right back after they're done.
5: Hi there, this is Rick, and this is Andrew, and this is the Father and Son Review But today we're not talking about Star Trek. Today we're talking about Lord of the Rings Online. Mm -hmm. It's true. Okay, so I don't play the game myself, but I I saw on the forums, Enrico, because we saw that you were going to maybe play a little L-O-T-R online, (laughs) um, tell me something, Andrew Plays, it. you played it for how long now have you played it? Uh, I played it a few about two or three years ago, and then got back into it this last. Uh... Are you sure it was that long ago? Uh, yeah. Nathan got it a while back. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, now what? What is now? Something has changed. You actually went out and bought a brand new computer, mm-hmm. so you could play this game. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's much faster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell me a little bit about why is it different now? What's changed on the game? Mm-hmm. Well, it uh, changed from a monthly subscription to now you can go just to, you download the game and then you play it, they give it, it's called free to play, so... Free to play. Yeah, so you basically, you go through and you can play up to a certain point and then to continue... You can go to the store and then buy the next quest pack. or. Oh, I whatever. see. That's so how they, they make their money. So they get you a little niche in there and then make lots of money. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So tell me then, and for those people listening, um, what exactly is the objective of Lord of the Rings Online? What are you, What First of all, what's the goal of the game? It, it basically takes you across the storyline of Lord of the Rings. So you're in Middle-Earth. Yes. Okay and and you you go through the story of the Lord of the Rings kind of. Okay, well what are you doing what do what do you get points for in the game? Questing, killing things. Questing. What does questing mean? During objectives and like, like a mission jobs. or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Can you be different characters or are you just a hobbit? (laughs) Thankfully, you're not just a hobbit. Okay, what is that? Hobbits are tiny and get squished easily. Okay, so (laughs) what are you in the game? I am a human male. Okay. My name is Ander, A N D I R R. Okay, and you're on a a special server? A server, uh, I'm not sure exactly. Imladaris. Yeah. I am L A D R I S. Okay, all right. So you can be, but you don't have to be a human male. You could be several other characters, right? Yeah, you can be a human male, human female, a dwarf. I'm not sure if they have. Female Do they have dwarf. elves? Elves, yes. Anything mm-hmm. else? And hobbits. You can be hobbits. And then they have a new thing that they're starting. It's a monster play, which is way different. But uh, I haven't really got into it. Okay. But, so what have you, why do you like the game so much because you put a lot of hours into it why do you like it it's addicting is it <laughs> very we're playing some music in the background from it yes it's in forsaken and in the lone lands <laughs> you like that yeah 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 <laughs> what's the most difficult part about the game for you um actually i've, I've done it so many times <laughs> it's pretty Not difficult right anymore. now are you are there different difficulties that you can play um, well, the more you progress, the harder the missions get. Okay. So, it, but if you don't, ha- or if, you, if you're not in a good kin, it can really, really get difficult. <laughs> really? So you have to have people that know what they're doing, I guess? It, it, it helps, because then you can have them build you items and clothes and all that kind of stuff, and you help them out. and They help you out. Yeah. So okay. you, you get profession Like a big and- happy family online. Pretty much. In Lord of the Rings, <laughs> in the Middle Earth. Yes <laughs> Okay, so tell me How would I do if I played the game? Do you want a real comment? Yes, I do I want to know Because if if somebody's out there And they're thinking Well, I want to try this game out Is it for newbies That have never played anything like this? Or could they figure it out pretty easy? It, it, it might take a little bit for you to do it But everyone else Probably could figure it out pretty quick Thanks That's <laughs> nice Oh, how long has it been Since you played video games? <laughs> Well, I play like Pac-Man and stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, all right, all, right, all right. Okay, so uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, four out of five stars. You've played a lot of games on your PS2 and your Xbox and all that other stuff mm-hmm. and your Wii. What, what, uh, four out of five, I mean, how many stars, one to five stars, five being the best, would you rate Lord of the Rings Online? It would certainly be a five. Really? Is that good? Yes, it's a very addicting, very well-made game. Okay, do you recommend it then? Oh, certainly. Okay. Especially now that you can go download it for free online and then play and just see how you like it. That's really cool. And come send me a tell (laughs) and we'll have to quest together when you come on. All right, so again, your name is Andir, or A-N-D-I-R-R, and you're on the server... I'm Ladris. Yes. I M L A D R I S. Yep, yep. All right. This is Rick. And this is Andrew. And this has been the Father and Son Review. Back to you, Rico.
2: Well, thanks very much, Rick and Andrew, for talking about a little Lord of the Rings online. It's, uh, yeah, I'm finding um, the little bit that I played maybe about maybe an hour or so yesterday and didn't play a whole lot, but I made an elf, uh, uh, a hunter. I was kind of surprised that you can't make a ranger, you know, considering, uh, you know, uh, you know, Aragorn and everything, in, in, in the movies, the books, and all that. That they call them hunters, may, unless I miss something. But yeah, it, it's pretty familiar if you've played any MMOs like World of Warcraft. A lot of the keys and things are the same, and uh, and it seems to play pretty well. Although I did have one thing, and maybe uh, if you're listening. Rick, or you could tell Andrew, or or whatever you guys gave back to me, or anyone else playing Lord of the Rings online, I noticed a couple times that it just, the the whole game kind of, I wouldn't call it locked up, but everyone, I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything, and everyone else seemed to sort of stop too, and my internet connection was fine, and, and it wasn't like the game completely locked and froze, and I couldn't do anything more further with it, but then after maybe a minute, 30 seconds to a minute that went away and i'm not sure why that's the case if that's uh, you know my internet connection or is it something there's some trouble they're having on the server that never happens in world of warcraft to me i mean i think i've had a rare occasional crash uh, or or something over the you know all the years i've played that game but this just basically stopped playing that you know I, I was trying to move couldn't move and i thought that you know i was behind a rock or something <laughs> i don't know. Yeah, but if anyone out there listening has any, uh, words of wisdom, I'll, maybe I'll check on the forum and see, you know, post something up there too about what that might be. Uh, I, you know, I have a fairly, you know, pretty good computer here with a pretty good video card and, and all that, uh, playing, I played the DirectX 10 version, but yeah, it just, it just kind of acted a little funky there a couple times. So, uh, if it continues to do that, I probably can't play the game cause that was kind of annoying. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty cool so far. Uh, I, it definitely has a has a nice look to it. I love the scenery. I took several screenshots of some mountain area that I was in and stuff like that. So I'll keep trying it and uh, give it a go. It's nice that these games like this one and D&D Online and even EverQuest 2, I believe, they each have these sort of pared-down versions uh, that are uh, free to play to a degree. You can pay still, but it, and that gives you more access to other Features and items and things like that. I'm not sure how far you can get or go in the free version of Lord of the Rings Online. From the chart that I saw, it looks like you can go pretty far. But, uh, all right, we've got to move on now because we've got to get to the episode here soon. I wanted to pass on one more Trek related story. Uh, this is about the Big Bang Theory. Of course, they've uh, always had a lot of Star Trek. Uh, References and influences, and had Will Wheaton on there. Well, George Takei, uh, Mr. Sulu himself, is going to be on the episode, or one of the episodes this season. uh, The fourth uh, episode of the season, I believe, the fourth episode of this fourth season, uh, on October fourteenth, he will be on it uh, along with Katie Sackoff, Katie, oh Katie, uh, of course, who played Starbuck, and I'm a huge Katie fan, and she is going to be on uh, also. And for those that know the show, there was an episode, I guess it was early last season, where Katie was sort of this uh, fantasy girl in Howard's head uh, in in a great scene with them in this uh, bubble bath. (laughs) If you don't watch this show and you're a geek, you should be watching The Big Bang Theory. I, I think I did a whole podcast a few months back about it. It's just a great show, but... Uh, George and Katie are going to be on, and they're going to uh, play sort of the yin and yang, or the good and the bad. I don't know if it's good and bad, but two sides to Howard's sort of imaginary personality is the is the story that's online about what they're going to be doing on the show. So that should be great. Really looking forward to that, and uh, great to see George there on The Big Bang Theory, another Trek uh, person. I'd love to see you know, William Shatner or Patrick Stewart or, or someone like that uh, pop on the show. It'd be fun if they just sort of bumped into them at the comic book shop doing a signing or kind of like Stan, Stan Lee did that in that episode, although you never really saw him in the comic store in the show. But okay, I'm going to take a short break. And I think that covered most of what I wanted to do before. Oh, one last thing, a couple of, uh, well, I'll do that after this break, and then we'll get into the episode for this week.
6: If I can do this much longer. Is this my punishment?
3: For letting
0: all this happen? The infection. Umbrella is here. You have to help us. No. It's only the beginning. What is this? You're being recalled.
2: Resident Evil Afterlife in 3D. In Real D and IMAX 3D. All right, I'm back. Um, what I wanted to do is start sort of maybe a semi-regular, regular feature where I talk about recent uh, genre type, you know, sci-fi, fantasy films or or TV. Of course, the TV season. I think we've got about a week to go before it really gets into full gear. Uh, we're going to do a, a Skype call also that I wanted to announce in, in two weeks. Uh, it'll be on Saturday, whatever that Saturday will be from about two weeks from now. I guess that'll be. Let's see. Yesterday was the 11th. I had 14. I should be able to do this. 25. Yeah. The 25th uh, of the month. Next weekend, we're going to do Legend of the Seeker. That's next week's podcast, which is going to be cool. Legend of the Seeker is cool. Just like Fezes are cool and bow ties. But anyway, uh, the TV season, we really haven't gotten going yet. Tonight is the season finale of True Blood, which I'm really looking forward to. I was a little bummed that they didn't have it on last week uh, with Labor Day weekend. I guess they decided to hold it a week and and they didn't have it on last weekend. And so this weekend is going to be the big finale of uh, season three of True Blood, which has really been a good year for it. I, I've enjoyed it quite a bit this season and, and this finale, a lot's going to have to happen, I think. So don't want to say much, uh, but it's going to be good, I think. And it you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are in this, oh, vampires and vampires and all that, or, or they're overdone, and I, I'll give you that. But I think there's still some good stuff. Uh, for example, I watched the uh, one show that has come back is The Vampire Diaries. Now, this show last year on TV kind of didn't start for me as being the greatest show, but it's grown on me quite a bit. Uh, I love the actors that are on it. Uh, the main three characters especially are really good especially, um, well, what's his name? I'll look it up in a second. The guy who plays Damon, that's all I can think of. He, he used to be on Lost, Eric, or no, Ian Summerhalder Is that how you say his name? Yeah, that's his name. Anyway, he plays um, uh, this very kind of, you never know what you're going to get with him. He's sort of nasty at times, but he can be kind of really, you know, the good guy too. I like him because he's sort of uh, shades of gray. He's not really all bad or all good, and, and he's very interesting. But that show came back last Thursday. Good episode uh, to start off the second season of that. Uh, and True Blood, of course, is also about vampires, but only, you know, some of the time. There's other things on uh, on the show that are not vampires that that uh, that make it interesting too. So, uh, I, I guess all I can say about this is is give them a try. If if you think you might like it, give it a try. Don't just swear off and say, "Oh, another show about vampires" or another something, another movie. Uh, there's one movie that just is either coming out, Yeah, I guess it's not out yet, with the girl who uh, was Chloe something or the other, like Marantz or something like that. She was hit girl in uh, Kick-Ass, which is a great movie. You should see that. Uh, she's playing a vampire, I believe, in a new movie. The other one that just came out that is getting pretty good reviews is the new Resident Evil movie, uh, Resident Evil Afterlife. So uh, I'm gonna have to check that out. Um, I, I kind of enjoy the other films. I, I think they kind of have dwindled and not been as good as the, as the, you know, each sequel. This is the fourth one I think in the series. So, uh, but I, I've I've seen some pretty good reviews. I usually don't read them. I didn't read a lot, but the little bits that I was seeing online is that people are liking this. So uh, I think yeah, Resident Evil Afterlife. So uh, oh, I also did see not really sci-fi except there's a lot of people who have done a lot of sci-fi stuff in the past. I saw that movie The Expendables with Sylv- Sylvester Stallone and every action hero from the 80s, Dolph Lundgren, and just a lot of wrestling guys, and Mickey Rourke, and Bruce Willis, and Arnold pops up even for a couple of minutes, but I have to say it was it was okay, but I, I found the story a little bit weak. I, I thought it was just there really wasn't much there. It was just sort of like, hey, let's get all these guys together. There's a bad guy, and there's some action, and I mean, it was fun, and, and I was entertained, I guess. But I, I, I wished, I, I guess, I wish they'd done a little bit more with it. And um, what I was gonna say, what else? Um, oh, these guys though are just—they're yeah, looking a little bit old, <laughs> and obviously they are. I mean, I, you know, everyone gets older, so that's that's fine. Does it get to be the point where you you have a hard time believing what they're doing in the movie? Yeah, a little bit at times. Uh, Jason Statham is in it. He's good. Jet Li's good. Uh, Those guys have some pretty fun scenes and action and that. There's a little humor, uh, which which they need in the movie. It was a little kind of serious in in points that I didn't think. I I thought they needed to lighten it up, maybe, perhaps. But uh, anyway, uh, that's it. So uh, that's all my little babbling before we get into the episode of the week, which is the Voyager episode, uh, Message in a Bottle, from Season 4. I will start playing that here in a moment, and we will cover it as we, um, or as I watch it with you, and and as you listen. Uh, The episode, if you're a member of the forum, which you should be if you're not, uh, is streaming in the fun stuff area there. Uh, Check that out for the next, uh, you know, should be up for the next couple of weeks at least. Uh, or so, depending on whatever I put up next. I uh, usually try to do that. So uh, it, 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 I try to do it mainly because it, it helps people send in audio comments, which I've got quite a few to play for you. I think three or four. And we'll play those at the end of my commentary on Message in a Bottle. Here we go. Okay, here we go with the episode Message in a Bottle. Just going through the menuing of the DVD. Ah, there's the Voyager. Of course. always enjoyed the way that ship looks.
6: She's impossible.
7: I'm getting tired of playing referee every time you two have a disagreement. If you have a problem, talk to her yourself. Does the word irrelevant mean anything to you? She won't listen.
6: She may look human, she may sound human, but she's all Borg.
7: Part of the problem is your attitude. You've never tried to accept seven as part of the crew.
6: And with good reason. Guess what she did this morning? She took an isolinear processor out of engineering without asking. And when I went to astrometrics to get it back, she had locked the door. Like that lab is her own private domain.
7: What do you want me to do? Throw her in the brig for the rest of the trip home? I've heard worse ideas.
6: Seven of nine to Chakotay.
7: Chakotay here.
3: Report to the astrometrics lab at once.
7: On my way.
6: Did you hear that? She's giving orders now. I'm telling you, Chicote,
7: if she gets
6: in my way again, I am not responsible for what happens.
7: You're a senior officer on this ship. Act like one. Find a way to deal with her. <laughs> Astrometrics?
8: I've been summoned. Any guesses what this is about?
7: None. Your call sounded urgent.
3: It was been working to increase the range of the astrometric sensors, and I've detected something that you should find of particular interest. A ship? What's special about it? I've analyzed the warp signature. It's a Starfleet vessel.
2: Oh, really? Well, that's interesting. Yes. Okay, we'll dial down the uh, theme song uh, a bit here. Alright, checking Memory Alpha online for Star Trek info. We got uh, Message in a Bottle. This episode was number 14 for season 4, first aired January 21st, 1998. Uh, oh, only 12, 12 years ago? Yeah. A little more, 12 and a half or so. Uh, it is a uh, teleplay by Lisa Klink, uh, who I think was one of the story like editors and things, uh, worked on stories and scripts on Voyager, kind of a regular member of the staff, I believe. I think I'm remembering that right. Anyway, uh, story originally, the original uh, concept story was by Rick Williams and directed by Nancy Malone. One of the reasons I, I picked this episode, a couple of reasons. Uh, one, it's a standout episode to me, and my I always remember it. Remember when I first saw it of, of how much I liked what they did in this episode, and and involving the Doctor and this other Starfleet, this new prototype ship and uh, Robert Picardo just has a great performance in this one too so uh, you know a lot of reasons and uh, it's just a good good episode I think and I think we're gonna you know have fun watching and listening uh, again to it today so uh, here we go into um, the first act the ship we're seeing is in the Alpha
3: Quadrant
7: couldn't have extended the astrometric sensors that far.
3: No, but I increased the range far enough to detect a large network of relay stations. They're alien in origin, abandoned but still functioning. By establishing a sensor link with the nearest station, I'm getting readings from the entire network. The Starfleet ship is within range of one of the farthest
7: sensors,
8: near the outer edges of the Alpha Quadrant. It must be on a deep space mission. I've extrapolated its course.
7: It doesn't look like we'll be able to keep track of it very long.
3: The ship should move out of range in 41 minutes.
7: Can we use the network to transmit a message?
3: Yes, but we'll have to remodulate our signal to match the network's interlink frequency.
8: We don't have much time. Get it done, Chicote.
2: One thing I have seven a tr- trouble two. with that, you know, is 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 hi, hi, the there's a, there's a group off. of these stations, but the Go furthest on. one still yeah, is way back in the that. Alpha Quadrant, right? So,
6: that do it. still seems a little it's hard, space space hard to believe
2: they could connect with online. them, but.
6: We're ready. Open the channel.
0: Open.
8: Starfleet vessel. This is Captain Katherine Janeway of the starship Voyager. We're in the Delta Quadrant. At coordinates coordinates 18, mark 205, oh mark four seven. Remodulate your signal to match our interlink frequency.
2: Wouldn't they have had to do that or had know that to like well I guess to communicate We're back. A okay, right? Yeah. Starship Voyager. We're
8: in the neck. Which to seven
3: foot I don't understand. My readings show that the
6: station picked up our message and relayed it across the entire network. We should try widening the subspace bandwidth and sending the message again. Do it. Transmitting.
3: The signal is being relayed.
8: No sign of interference. Wait, it's being deflected back again. <laughs> this is Captain Catherine Janeway, who's on the ship. The
2: Delta. Yeah, they need to pay their, uh, you know, subspace uh, internet bill. As
6: our carrier wave moves along the network, it may be degrading. Can we try a different kind of signal? Something stronger? A holographic data stream might
7: work. It wouldn't degrade so quickly. It would take too long to reconfigure the message. Unless... The
8: doctor. Exactly. Bring him to astrometrics and I'll meet you there. We don't have much time.
6: Uh,
2: yeah, this isn't really part of my medical program.
0: You have to come with me, quickly. Would you mind at least telling me what all this is about?
2: You'll notice that Balana uh, is wearing looser uniform in this uh, because I believe be Roxanne in real action. life was pregnant. When so when you
6: get there, you'll be downloaded into their EMH system. I'm sending an initiation code along with your program, so you'll be activated immediately. We have less than ninety seconds before that ship moves out of range.
0: How am I supposed to get back here?
6: When you've completed your mission,
8: instruct them to move within range of the sensor network. With any luck, they'll be able to send you back the same way you came. Luck? I won't lie to you, Doctor. A lot of things could go wrong. We're relying on an alien technology to send you across thousands of light years.
0: So there's a chance my program could be lost?
8: Yes. I'm asking you to take that chance. 35 seconds.
0: Doctor? Far be it for me to turn down an opportunity to become a hero. I'm ready.
6: Taurus <laughs> to bridge. Good job, Doctor.
2: Astrometrics is always one of my favorite sets on Voyager. Really uh, cool and fun and, and, and just practical, too. And there goes the Doctor across uh, billions of light years. Is that right? Billions or is it millions? That's a long way. Let's just say that.
0: Anyone here?
2: So he pops into Computer, uh, uh, looks like this a fir-
9: Federation starship, Prometheus.
0: Are we in the Alpha Quadrant? Affirmative.
2: Huh. But he's in this uh, fairly futuristic-looking, even compared to Voyager secondary. vessel. But it's uh, very stark. Right. No one's there, this of course.
0: C-A calling any crew member, please respond. Computer, is the comm system malfunctioning? Negative. Then why can't I reach anyone?
9: Access to the communication system has been
0: restricted. Restricted, but this is important. Isn't there some sort of emergency comm channel available?
2: Now he found a, a dead dead person on the ground. Uh, looks like somebody had been blasted by some weapon of, of some type. A couple of them now he finds. Not good. Basically, this ship looks There's like a a, a a much more futuristic Voyager. Even it has four uh, warp nacelles,
0: warp
3: a,
2: a very triangular
3: uh, forward
2: section. Stubborn humans can be.
3: The Starfleet ship is closing.
2: The Romulan Ray here is Shield played by a guy who's pages. done some other Trek, uh, also, of course, Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. He's probably best known Computer. for Judson Scott is board. his name.
0: Twenty-seven. Are there any Starfleet crew members?
9: None alive.
0: Computer, display the design schematic of this ship and list general specifications.
9: USS Prometheus experimental prototype designed for deep space tactical assignments primary battle systems include regenerative shielding ablative hull armor multi vector assault mode
0: multi vector assault mode describe
9: access to tactical data requires level 4 clearance
0: what can you show me at my clearance level
3: shields are holding
0: engage the multi-vector assault mode
3: that system has never been tested
0: then we'll test it now
2: they're being pursued by are a federation vessel uh, being uh, of course trying mode. to take the now. ship back yes,
9: Commander. initiating decoupling sequence auto separation in 10 seconds 9 8
0: Computer.
9: This is one of the
2: coolest parts of this episode and what Four, it can do that the Prometheus can actually change two, one, very quickly and, in and separate for a, a improved attack performance.
3: We're in attack formation. Each section is armed and
9: responding to our command.
2: So it gives them the advantage of being able to attack from multiple angles and points of view.
9: Attack pattern Beta Four Seven, specified target:
4: the Starfleet vessel. Of
9: course, I'm not beta sure how they're doing this with with seven. such
2: a few amount of Romulans aboard. Deferred. I think we
0: should consider that a successful test. Begin the reintegration sequence, then get me a full damage report.
3: Yes, Commander.
0: He's hurt. Take him to the medical bay.
2: Yeah, so one of the Romulans got zapped kind of and went down on the bridge uh, before uh, or during the battle.
9: Reintegration sequence complete.
0: Computer... Is there any way for me to gain access to the communication system, to send a message to another ship?
9: Negative. Communications access requires level four clearance or above.
0: Please state the nature of the medical emergency.
3: Who activated you?
0: You did automatically when you entered sickbay. Can you treat him? <laughs> of course, that's my function. Third-degree burns, hairline jaw fracture, and a ruptured blood vessel in his brain. I'll have to operate.
3: You're a Starfleet program. Why should I trust
0: you? I'm a doctor. Whether my patient is human or Romulan, I'll do everything in my power to save him. You welcome to assist me if you'd like. Or maybe you just prefer to supervise.
2: There are um, a lot of uh,
0: report to
3: me when you're finished.
2: Uh, surgical instruments too on his tray in this that you'll notice that look a lot like even McCoy's old uh, surgical instruments that they used back even in the TOS days to bring out here to operate Computer. which is kind of a nice little throwback. Look like little ships salt EME shakers.
0: Program? Or do I need some kind of clearance for that too? Access to that program is unrestricted. Activated. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. What the hell are you doing in my sick bay? <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is Andy Dick is playing uh, the EMH2 program here on I've Prometheus.
0: I've to identify every member of this crew. You aren't one of them. That's because I'm... State your rank and security clearance. I don't have clearance. I'm an emergency medical hologram I've been sent here to Yes, 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 yes You're the Mark 1 EMH The inferior program Inferior? (laughs) Beady eyes, terrible bedside manner I recognize you But you're not part of this database What are you doing here? If you disengage your vocal subroutines for one second I'd explain I was transmitted onto the ship By a Starfleet vessel over 60,000 light years from here 60,000 light years? We don't have ships that far out. It's the Starship Voyager. We were taking well, I guess that
2: answers my ant, uh, ago, question about how, how far the Delta, Delta quadrant, quadrant is away. Not billions of light years. Activating only 60,000. I knew that.
0: To do. Secure it. Listen to me. This vessel has been taken over by Romulans. The crew is dead. You and I are the only Starfleet officers on board. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Computer, deactivate EMH.
2: So he deactivated himself, basically.
0: Please state the nature of the medical emergency. Now what? I need your help. Starfleet Security Protocol 28, Subsection D. In the event of hostile alien takeover, the EMH is to deactivate and wait for rescue. I'm afraid you don't have that luxury. There are two ships at stake here, yours and mine. Now,
2: Yes.
5: I need
0: to know more about what's happening. Is the Federation at war with the Romulans? No, the Romulans haven't gotten involved in our fight with the Dominion. The who? Long story.
2: Yeah, a little we bit. Uh, Voyager of course has, has been away for the, during I'm most of doctor, and all of the Dominion War.
0: It's time you became a little of both. <laughs> you don't understand. I love that. The Prometheus is I'm an a doctor, not a commando and so am I. I I I haven't even been field tested yet. I'm not designed for this kind of duty. <clears throat> Try to calm down. You'll do fine as long as I'm here. I have plenty of expertise in this area now first things first we've got a patient you treat his burns i'll repair the bone fracture you're not serious i certainly am he's the enemy he needs our help i assume you're familiar with the hippocratic oath you see you see what's happening the romulans are using you hmm, hmm what your hollow matrix is unstable it may explain your erratic behavior i told you i'm a work in progress i was only installed six weeks ago stable or not i need you and so does he
2: yeah, I don't quite.
0: I say we leave him and deactivate ourselves.
2: I no. get why he's You'll so against so helping even a Romulan.
0: If you'd like. I'll work alone.
2: It seems like that would be inherent in that medical program, really. Medical but
0: medical holograms. What can we expect to do against a ship full of Romulans? I'm not sure, not yet. But I've faced my share of challenges. Alien invasions, macroviral infestations. I've crossed Borg space, traveled through time. Have you run a self-diagnostic lately? The EMH Mark One is designed to function in sickbay only. Voyager lost its chief medical officer four years ago. I've been active ever since. Four years? No wonder you're delusional. Your program's degrading after being active for so long. I assure you, I am in perfect health. I was saving Voyager from annihilation when you were only a gleam in your programmer's eye. Now, are you going to help me take back this ship or not? Get me the thrombic modulator.
2: Of course, you need the thrombic modulator. That'll take care of it. Yeah, there's. you'll see them here when he's looking for... um,
0: It's the cone-shaped device. Hand it to me, please.
2: That is definitely a salt shaker like McCoy used for um, TOS.
0: Medical science has made a few advances while you've been off in the Delta Quadrant, did you say? That's right. We don't use scalpels or leeches anymore. I suggest you let me handle the medical side of things. As for retaking the ship, I'll leave that in your experienced hands.
2: Very good uh, choice here, casting Andy Dick in this part. Uh, Really, really fun, and uh, it's uh, a good interplay between him and Robert Picardo. Now we're back on Voyager, trying to figure out what's going on. Waiting and waiting.
7: No word. Our link to the sensor net is stable. Seven of Nine is standing watch in Astrometrics. I tried to relieve her, but she doesn't want to leave her post. She says she doesn't need to regenerate for the next few days. What are you doing?
8: Letters home. I started them a year ago. One to my family, one to Mark. Mark
2: Who's Who's Mark? Okay. I know. Oh yeah, we it's saw gotcha. him once, didn't we? Right. It's probably
7: a mistake for us to get our hopes up at all. We've been through this before.
2: Uh, get your hopes up. Be like I am. always get your hopes right. up and have them just dashed.
7: Just finished a letter to my cousin in Ohio.
2: That's <laughs> well, good to know that Ohio is still around in the future, right? Probably Michigan then. Oh, now we're about down in sick bay. They're all, like, people that are sick, and Neelix is down there. and
4: Doctor is in. Lieutenant, thank
2: God you're here. And then Paris came down to help.
4: Well, one minute they were eating lunch, and the next they started perspiring and complaining of chest pain. Hmm, no wonder. Acute functional dyspepsia. What's that?
0: Heartburn. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I don't know how this could have happened. Now
4: replicate some antacid we'll have you feeling better in
2: no time wouldn't you like keep antacid around uh, you know I guess it's except right uh, maybe, maybe if they're using it's replicated food it's uh...
4: not the pyrillium plague what did you feed them anyway rodeo reds red hot root and tootin chili
2: <laughs> oh <laughs> well, I like chili I've been,
10: that recipe. I've been brushing up on classic American cuisine when we get back to earth I want to make sure I have marketable job skills don't you think you're jumping the gun a little bit The doctor is going to make it
4: back and he's going to bring a plan for Starfleet to rescue us. I have complete confidence in him. I hope you're right. If not, I'm going to spend the rest of this trip treating upset stomachs. Oh, believe me, this is never going to happen again.
10: It's just a matter of perfecting the recipe. Each time I'll use a few less jalapenos.
2: (laughs) Jalapenos. Jalapenos. You notice there's some differences in the registry number on the Prometheus in this uh, versus what's on the hull and inside the ship. Uh, I guess they changed the number. Designed to go
0: faster than anything in the fleet, so we'll never be rescued. We've got to find a way to turn this ship around. How? Waltz onto the bridge and take over the helm. Refresh my memory. Which of us has the terrible bedside manner? You're not my patient. My first bit of good news. We have to incapacitate the Romulans somehow.
2: Come on. Gas. What Come on. What kind of
0: anesthetics do you have handy? Yeah. Only the best. Axanol. neurazine, Anesthazine. Neurozine will do nicely. It can be distributed in gaseous form. Show me a schematic of the ship's ventilation system.
2: <laughs>
0: Please. <laughs> All primary systems have been rerouted to the bridge, including environmental control. It looks like there are hollow emitters on every deck. There are. Unlike you, I'm not condemned to a sick bay. Get three canisters of Neurozine. As a matter of record, I have free reign on Voyager, and I can even leave the ship as well. Leave your ship? How? My mobile emitter, a little piece of 29th century technology we obtained. Really? I'm as close to a sentient life form as any hologram could hope to be. I socialize with the crew, fraternize with aliens have even had sexual relations.
2: Sex?
0: <laughs> How's that possible? We're not equipped Let's we- just say I made an addition to my program. <laughs> Before you leave, maybe you could download those subroutines into my database. We'll see.
2: Oh, that's great. <laughs> please download that. Please, please.
0: It looks like the only place I can access... Ah, rom- you probably bet. No, so no I, I won't go there. The bridge. the bridge is swarming with Romulans. That's the first thing you learn in the real world... Think on your feet. Well, good luck then. Computer, deactivate- Not so fast. You're going to Jeffrey's Tube 17. The moment I unlock the controls, you release the gas into the ventilation system. Jeffrey's Tube 17, that's five decks up. What if I run into Romulans? Improvise. Your journey begins here.
2: Now, one thing I don't get here is if they have mobile emitters everywhere on the Prometheus, Shouldn't they be able to sort of, like, head like, reappear Thanks. wherever they want, like almost in, inner ship beaming, and then grab canisters from somewhere else or replicate them? It seems like it would be easier for them than crawling around through Jeffrey's tubes and, and things like that. But I guess it's not there as dramatic.
0: You are, Have you completed the surgery? Yes, your friend is recovering nicely. However, I found something disturbing in his blood work. It seems he's been exposed to a nasty strain of the Tarothka virus. And if he was, you may all have been. I've come to run some scans. No one here is sick. Not yet. I understand the stomach cramps are unbearable. Although some say the rash is worse.
2: This just and shows that, how extensive the you know the EMH has become here. He can improvise, he can lie, he can he can create new you know enemy. ideas and At situations well velocity, beyond a Alter computer program really, or or any other hologram. And that will take
3: uh, us off our course to Romulus.
0: There's been a change of plans. We're giving this ship to someone who'll make use of its full potential. The Tall Shihan. I've made arrangements to rendezvous with their fleet within the hour.
3: But, Commander, they're expecting us to You have him. your
2: orders. Okay, so the doctor's moving around through the various people, what and... What are you doing? I'm checking the biofilters for evidence of the virus. You haven't taken any readings at all. Hmm. Now back on Voyager...
4: Next time, order the chicken salad. Oh, am I glad to see you. What's the emergency? Take a look around here, Harry. What do you see? Sick bay? Exactly. So? So, it's not the helm of a starship, is it? Did you accidentally inject yourself with some kind of psychotropic agent? I am a pilot, (laughs) Harry, not a doctor. This is a temporary assignment, just till the doc gets back. What if he doesn't get back? He'll be back. I need your help, Harry. Rescue me from medical exile. How? You're an expert in holo technology. You have got to design a new doctor. (laughs) You really are delirious. It took the greatest Holo engineers in Starfleet years to develop the EMH. I can't just design a new doctor. Think of it as a challenge, Harry. A chance to make history and save your best friend all at the same time.
2: <laughs> Don't they have like a backup? You know, but I think that's come up before, Lieutenant and the, they they say, always say there's not enough like storage or something in the computer for for having an additional one around. They need to. No, another couple of hard drives.:
3: You are recalibrating the
6: relay interface. That's right.:
2: Uh, oh, seven's not going to like State that.: State your
6: reasons for making these modifications. State your reasons, please. It's not what you say, seven. It's how you say it. I don't understand. You may have noticed that some of the crew seem a bit. On edge when you're around.
2: kind of outranks you, I think, seven, too. I illicit
6: apprehension. No, that's not what I mean. We're not afraid that you're going to assimilate us. We're just not used to... You just...
2: Being kind of like a pain.
6: You're rude. (laughs) I am rude. Yes. Yes, you order people around. You do things without permission. And whether you realize it or not, you come off as a little insulting. You don't even say please or thank you. Look, I don't expect you to change overnight, but try to remember that we are not just a bunch of drones.
2: Good talk. Your attempt to recalibrate
3: the interface is ill-advised. The risk of
6: disrupting our link is too great. In your opinion, that is exactly what I'm talking about. You haven't even been listening to me. I don't know why I try to talk to you if you don't even... Are we losing the link? No, I'm receiving a transmission from the relay station. The doctor? What are you? I'm Lieutenant Torres of the Starship Voyager. You are using our technology. You mean the sensor network? We thought that it was abandoned. It belongs to the Hirogen. Terminate your link. No, no, wait, please, we just...
2: Now, this so is actually the, the first it. first time you run into the Hirogen in um, Voyager, and they turned into, of course, a, a, a bit of a problem. What else have you done to this ship? But you get, you know, uh, to figure I out at least who put, put the sensor network my questions. in.
0: If I answer them, you'll very likely deactivate me anyway, so I fail to see the point.
2: So the doctor's being sort of interrogated.
0: But a computer-generated projection. I find it hard to believe you're capable of taking these actions independently. How fluttering. Tell me, who is operating your program? Is it someone on the ship? A Starfleet crew member we missed? Or one of my own men? Paranoia is a way of life for you, isn't it?
3: (laughs) The computer log shows the ship received an optronic data stream transmission approximately six hours ago. It contained a holographic subroutine. Who sent it? Ah. The data pattern had a Starfleet signature.
2: You always gotta mask those signatures, you know, when you send data streams across the galaxy. Operative aboard.
7: Very
3: clever. Were you only sent to spy on us, or does your mission include sabotage?
0: (sighs) The data stream you detected came from an alien sensor network. It transferred me from a Starfleet ship in the Delta Quadrant.
3: The Delta Quadrant?
0: That's absurd. This is pointless. I couldn't agree
2: more. Yeah, I guess the doctor Maybe just revealed that because he figured it wouldn't matter and they hardware. wouldn't be able to do anything, so
3: I suggest a complete algorithm extraction. We can analyze his subroutines one by one.
2: Well, that Perfect. sounds like it would take a really long time to do. I can't even imagine of, the of going through all that code. Oh, the gas came through finally. And they're... Work.
0: Sorry to interrupt. Did you anesthetize the entire ship? I did, I did. How did you manage to release the Neurozine? I never opened the ventilation <sighs> system. Trapped in the Jeffrey's tube. Alone. Nowhere to run. <laughs> his smug comrade captured by Romulans. EMH Mark II had to improvise. Inspiration. He accessed the main computer and simulated a shipwide biohazard, making the computer think there was a microbiotic contamination on all decks. And the ventilation system opened automatically. Presto! He then crawled back out of the tube,
7: accessed
0: <laughs> the hollow emitters, transferred <laughs> here, excused the Romulan, saw the dumbfounded look on his comrade's face. The end.
2: <laughs> Great you know, you really scene. You should
0: keep a personal log. Why bore others needlessly?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have to get to the bridge. This ship needs a crew, and we're it. Oh, trouble! The Prometheus is a prototype, top secret. Only four people in all of Starfleet were trained to operate it.
2: I'm kind of so sad we never got to see EMH Mark II again after this.
0: Included piloting lessons because there's nothing in my program that will help us fly this thing. I've had my share of piloting experience. Actually, only two lessons. And they were in a shuttlecraft on the holiday. But I showed great intuition. Where's the helm? You would better intuit it fast. We're only about eight minutes from the Romulan border. Ah, huh, there it is.
2: Yeah, so they're uh, they're back up on the bridge here and trying to figure out a way to turn the ship around to keep them out of Romulan space, of course. This and is uh,
0: all very complicated <laughs> breathing down my neck my breathing is merely a simulation so is my neck stop it anyway is this a thruster control don't touch that we don't know what it does be <laughs> the self destruct
2: that little exchange oh, there I'm was something robert picardo suggested about the breathing being simulated you what doing, do you? but so is my this neck is stop it anyway
0: not on a mr i can leave my ship the voice of experience let me think oh here it is this looks like the nacelle power control. So, so? There's a little trick I saw Mr. Paris do once. If I can generate a slight overload to the nacelle coils, it'll collapse the warp field. Oh! Oh, uh, what happened? I did it. We've stopped.
2: Not really. Uh, I don't think they've stopped. They're still... Let's
0: find a way to send Starfleet a distress signal and... Beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, beep. I've never heard that one before. <laughs>
2: What is the beepy beep, beeping about?
0: Oh no. What? I'm not sure, but I think whatever I did initiated a warp core overload. You mean the ship's going to explode? You've got to stop it.
2: Yeah, that would be a bad oh. thing. No problem. <laughs> what now? I like this. They keep looking around the bridge where these sounds are coming from. Kind of like looking for your car in a parking lot.
0: Unless I'm mistaken, and for once I sincerely hope I am, there are three Romulan
2: warbirds on an intercept course. Ah, that's not very good either.
6: We're boosting the signal gain as high as it'll go. I think we can cut through the alien's jamming signal. I want you.
8: I apologize for our intrusion. Allow me to explain.
0: No explanation.
8: Your relay network gave us the unique opportunity to communicate with our people. They are very far away, and we're expecting a message back from them.
0: All messages will be intercepted.
8: He's trying to jam the link again. There must be some room for negotiation. Isn't there anything you might accept in exchange for... What
3: happened? I generated a feedback surge along
8: our sensor leak.
2: Oh yeah, that's probably. You killed him? No, we didn't kill. It was kill. a
8: mild shock. He will recover, and when he does,
3: he wasn't responding to diplomacy. Is
2: the
3: sensor link stable.
8: <laughs> yes, Captain. Keep watching.
2: I kind of like this version of Seven. You know, know if when she was first aboard come. Voyager, and a little more, you know, take charge, do what she wants to do. Yeah. It,
6: mild shock not bad thank you
4: there I finished inputting the doctor's physical characteristics let's have a look computer, activate the emergency medical hologram replacement program do you think we should give him a little more hair? What do you say we try to get him working first Then we can worry about personal grooming Right, you're the boss What do we do next? I've downloaded the ship's entire medical library And compressed it into a single data file It's got all the classics from Gray's Anatomy To Leonard McCoy's comparative alien physiology And once we transfer all the data Into Stoneface's Matrix <laughs> We'll have ourselves a brand new medical expert that's what I'm hoping. Paris just wrapped Harry, on uh,
2: Robert Picardo's head there. It was pretty funny. <laughs> Don't congratulate me yet. You hear it like this thunk, thunk.
4: Yeah, but it's a step in the right direction. I'm telling you, this probably isn't going to work.
2: Oh, have, have a little confidence. Come on, Harry.
4: Being a doctor is a lot more than knowing the facts. We still have to create analytical subroutines to help him diagnose patients. Tactile protocols so we can perform surgery. Not to mention a personality profile. Oh, you know, I've been thinking about that. Maybe we should make this one a little more pleasant.
2: (laughs) No, that wouldn't be any fun. Come on now.
4: All right. I'm ready to transfer the data. Computer, transfer medical library master file to
0: emergency medical replacement hologram.
9: Transfer complete.
0: Chapter one, the animal cell. All the tissues of the body originate from a microscopic structure, the fertilized ovum, which consists of a soft jelly-like material enclosed in a membrane and containing a vesicle... What's he doing? ...or a small spherical body inside which I are one I think he's reciting Gray's Anatomy. This may be regarded as a complete cell. All the Can you stop him? I'm trying! ...similar to it in nature, but differing in external form. Paragraph. Listen. This is all very fascinating. In a higher organisms but would you be please be quiet a... for a minute? He doesn't have speech recognition protocols yet. protocols yet. We'll give him some, material similar, it's similar it's to that found in the ovum and usually called cytoplasm. <laughs> <And a> small <laughs> sphere What's happening? <laughs> it's an overload.
4: His <laughs> matrix can't
0: accommodate <laughs> all the data. So, <laughs> uh, contain no nuclei.
2: Yeah, <sighs> 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 oh, that didn't go very well, of course. But, uh, you know, there's no replacing our good, friendly doctor, the EMH-1. What are you doing?
4: I'm downloading Grey's Anatomy chapter by chapter. I thought you said it was too much data for his holomatrix to handle. It's not for the EMH.
2: It's for you, Doc. (laughs) And he hands him the Starfleet iPad, uh, of course. uh, So Steve Jobs, you know, you're welcome on that.
0: The Romulan vessels are closing in. Two minutes to intercept. Get us out of here. I can't get this ship moving. Try rerouting power to the impulse engines. Reroute power, reroute power. Here we go. I think I found the relay controls. Hey, I'm finally getting the hang of this. What's happening? Sorry. I must have transferred power from the hollow emitters. We'll be more careful. If I'm deactivated, this ship will never get back to Starfleet. Okay, I'm taking power from life support. We don't need that. Try engines now. Nothing. Why isn't this working? 30 seconds to intercept. They're right on top of us.
2: I can't remember why the computer isn't helping him out on this, but
0: the thrust initiator is offline. Stand by. Fifteen seconds. They're charging weapons. See if you can access the shields. I said, I said shields. Already done. Shields up. This is the Warbird Tumet calling the Prometheus. Commander Ricard, respond. Commander. This is the Prometheus. Activate your view screen. Our view screen is not operational. We've had some trouble with Starfleet commandos.
2: Where's <laughs> Interesting, the guy uh, In that Romulan was named Rikar, and the guy Identify who yourself. came up with the story for this is named Rick for his first you name. First. thought that was kind of Hate a last nice little twist. I don't understand.
0: State your identity. This is Subcommander Almack. Lower your shields and prepare to be boarded.
2: Uh down. Yeah. Maybe there's
0: something wrong with your sensor readings. You'd better not try to transport until we can be sure it's safe. Lower your shields immediately, or I'll open fire.
2: We're working on immediately?
0: that. Yes, Prometheus Al.
2: Why would they open fire <laughs> so quickly, though? That's down
0: to 20%. Three more ships are approaching. We're doomed.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're Starfleet. What are they doing? Firing on us. They must think Romulans
2: are on board. They're right! So we got two uh, Defiant type vessels and one other Starfleet ship coming in on the Romulans and the Prometheus here. Nice little uh, battle going on. Prometheus
0: to any Starfleet vessel. Respond. Prometheus. It's no use, they can't hear us. The Romulans have scrambled the comm frequencies. Doctor, some thing just went offline specifically the secondary gyrodyne relays in the propulsion field intermatrix have depolarized in english i'm just reading what it says here i'll try to stabilize the ship transfer auxiliary power to the maneuvering clusters transfer auxiliary power now good work mark II. thanks you better get to tactical we're going to have to defend ourselves tactical right what are
2: you waiting for? Shoot. <laughs> he's trying to find where that is Shoot. Uh, I love this there part are
0: so many controls find the one that says fire and push it it's not working it says here the phasers are offline well then fire a torpedo <laughs> you hit the wrong ship it wasn't my fault. Well, then whose fault was it? The torpedo. You're supposed to tell it what to do.
2: <laughs> it hit one of the Everything defiant type ships.
0: Everything's offline. Weapons, shields. It gets worse. There were two warbirds coming right at us. My brilliant existence cut short. No time to explore the universe. No time to smell the roses. No time for sex.
9: Initiating decoupling
0: sequence. What's that? What have I done
9: now? Mark II
2: just sort of leaned on the council and uh
0: nine. I think the Romulans eight, did this before. How seven, do we turn it off? I don't think we ten, can. Five, four,
9: three,
0: two. If I recall correctly, one. this next part gets a little bumpy.
9: Separation sequence in progress.
2: So now it's uh, separating again into three parts.
9: Five. Specify attack pattern. Attack pattern alpha? Specify target.
0: Romulans! Okay bullseye the warbirds are in retreat doctor we've done it two holograms alone romulans on one side starfleet on the other alarms beeping everywhere emh mark II, newborn but filled with courage emh mark I, armed with years of experience together they emerged triumphant the end or not. Welcome to the Prometheus, gentlemen. It's about time.
2: So two Starfleet uh, guys just popped in there on them, and, uh, and
3: so this—you
2: know—this episode starts Origin, their connection the to uh, back getting back home, basically, really for Does Voyager. It
6: a holographic yes. Transfer it to sickbay to bridge Captain I think he's back
8: <laughs> doctor report
0: I I did it you completed the mission yes Once the Romulans were out of the way, Romulans, they've taken over the Prometheus, the ship I was on, but I managed to turn the tables on them with a little help from a fellow EMH. You got through to Starfleet. I spoke directly with headquarters. Apparently Voyager was declared officially lost 14 months ago. I set the record straight. I told them everything that's happened to this crew. They said they would contact your families to tell them the news and promised that they won't stop until they found a way to get Voyager back home. And they asked me to relay a message. They wanted you to know you're no longer alone.
8: 60,000 light years seems a little closer today.
2: So there we have Message in a Bottle from Season 4 of Voyager. Really just a lot of fun. I mean, uh, Andy Dick has that EMH2 program fighting off Romulans. uh, You know, the episode could have been a lot weaker. I think I like the fact that they brought in an adversary for the Doctor to have to deal with rather than, you know, it could have just been Starfleet there, a bunch of red tape, maybe them not believing him. Something like that, but uh, really, really well put together and uh, very cool new ship to the Prometheus. Uh, I wish we would have seen more of uh that vessel in the future, uh, but uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. And uh, let's get into our uh, uh, audio from uh, you guys uh, and what you think about this episode. So, up first, uh, we have Mike from London.
1: Hey, Rico, Mike from London, feathers on the tricks and sci fi forum. Uh, first off, uh, Quicker apology to all the other forum members, I've been away for a couple of weeks, I'm still catching up on everything that was posted while I was away, and I don't tend to take account of the dates things were put on when I'm reading them, so if it looks relevant, something I want to say, I have been tending to reply to them, so if I'm spamming the forum with posts and starting to wind everybody up, you have my apologies. Also, having missed the 5th anniversary show last week, again that was worthy of comment, something I really should have got to before I went away, so... I'll apologise for that too as well while I'm on. Equally, I'm not actually recording this to apologise for everything. I did want to talk about Message in a Bottle. Obviously, I covered Lifeline a few... must be a few months ago now. I can't remember when that was. Which was another Doctor Get to the Alpha Quadrant episode. And I think I referred back uh, in that time to this episode, because Message in a Bottle was obviously the first time... That Voyager managed to get communication through to Earth to the Federation to Starfleet that they were still out there and still running and again, as with the Lifeline episode, they used the doctor and uh, his holographic form to do it hey, it was a as I say it was a momentous episode, both for the fact of getting message back to Earth and for the introduction of the herogene that we're going play a reasonably large part. Not sure whether it was just through the rest of this season or whether it was into the next one. Certainly they faded away a bit later on, but that's probably to be expected as Voyager passed out of that region of space. Obviously it was a, a good Picardo episode. I like good Picardo episodes. The the Doctor's, I think, my favourite character. And equally the guy they got in to play, the, uh, the other Doctor, the uh, Mark II EMH, was a bit of a riot, really. He did it very well. How... Yeah, I think it was as well he was in for one episode, quite how he would have served actually seeing him running on a starship as a Doctor, I think that might have been a little hard to believe. It worked all right within the context of what they were doing here, but I don't know whether they could have carried it off through a series. For instance, they'd probably have had to to turn him down quite a bit. After all, the Prometheus was a warship, a front-line military vessel, and to have a computerised electronic crew member who was that timid, I mean, I don't know, it didn't quite gel in later analysis, but watching it, it was great fun. As I say, it was a warship, the uh, Romulan, Romulan involvement was nice, you've rarely got to see Alpha Quadrant bad guys in what is essentially a Delta Quadrant show, so I was pleased they take every opportunity they get to do that. Whether the prime requirement of this was actually an episode to try and get Romulans into so that everybody could um, have a bit of nostalgia or not, I don't know. But as I say, it certainly worked well on that basis. I say, overall... I'm saying as I say a lot, aren't I? I, Do I always do that? If I next do another podcast, somebody shout at me if I I keep doing that. Where was I? Overall, a a good show. One of, I think, my favourites, certainly it's one of the things I like on a series like this yes you've got episodic television but you do have the longer arcs and getting back in touch with the Federation with the Alpha Quadrant was one of the things that I'd certainly been waiting for for a long time at, at this point in the show so I was, was very pleased to see it done and to see it handled in, in such a enjoyable way after all this is supposed to be entertainment and I found this one particularly entertaining. Thanks for giving it a look i am um, hopefully get this off to you today not at the last minute while you're recording the show, I trust, but if it if it arrives that close in, then I'll apologize for that as well, as as I'm in such an apologetic mood. Have a good weekend, have a good week. I'll see you all later on. Cheers
2: thanks, Mike, for your comments. Always great to hear from you and uh no worries about being gone, you know on holiday and everything uh, as that uh always uh, there's always people that are, you know they have lives beyond the fifth year anniversary of the podcast yeah i agree with you like you said it's a very enjoyable episode interesting things uh only one little comment about something you said about the uh the emh mark ii seeming a little timid and 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 not really um seeming to be maybe appropriate for the vessel that he was on i guess the, the the reason they or the way they explained that in the episode was that he wasn't quite finished in a way he was sort of just a a beta version if you could call it that uh but you know i think it it, it works because the doctor is sort of a little bit cocky the regular regular picardo doctor i mean the emh he's had a lot of experience he, he he they needed somebody sort of a yin and yang i think for him to play off so i think that is kind of why they went that way but um but yeah it's a great uh, great episode and a lot of fun to watch and next up, I believe the next one I've got is from Kenny, and I think his. Uh, I think we may have another a new person on here. I don't know if we've heard from him before, but uh, anyway, I let them take it away and, and talk about message in a bottle.
11: Hey Rico, this is Kenny from California,
2: and this is Harry,
11: and we're going to be talking about Voyager's a message in a bottle. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode, Uh, but I've always been a huge Voyager fan and a Doctor fan.
2: I've been more a DS9 fan.
11: Yeah, but you do enjoy Voyager also.
5: Yeah, I I do enjoy Voyager. Chainway finally started to grow on me. Yeah, yeah, because I know the first time you did did not like her. The first time I, I, I watched Voyager, I found Chainway really annoying. Yeah.
11: But he definitely become... He's watched the entire season from beginning to end and not with me there. So that's how much he he enjoys it now. But for Messaging Bottle*, I liked it because this is the first time they find this ancient, you know, network of uh, communication devices. Actually, the Hirogen yeah. wind up owning it. So yeah, so with this episode, Seven and Nine finds that really cool array. And they're able to send a signal through to the Federation. And of course, they have to send a doctor because they need a, a really strong signal. I guess a hologram is... Than a regular signal, so they send the doctor through. Unfortunately, he gets put onto a ship, which I have to say the ship is awesome. I love the fact that it splits into yeah. three. But we've never seen it again. I know it was a prototype.
5: Yeah, it was. It was a prototype, and we, we, we never see it again, we never we never see the the, the, the new uh, Mark
11: II. Yeah, the, the the new doctor. The new doctor.
5: The second doctor. I, I well, well,
11: but we find out they're like on Mark four or five in you know down the road, so obviously he didn't work out and then they made another one and another one
5: apparently that, that the new do- the doctor had a bit pers- personality so what that yeah. <laughs> it's I never see him <laughs> again <laughs> yeah
11: but uh so yeah so they plop him down right in the middle of um the Romulans taking over yep. the prometheus and uh, of course, it, I like. I mean, I've always been a Doctor fan. He's one of my favorite characters, and it was just cool to see an, an episode carried solely by him because you really don't see the rest of the cast members. You mm-hmm. see, you know, you see Seven and Bellana and Janeway because they're in the navigation trying yeah. to keep the signal going. But yeah, but that's about all you see of them. It's pretty much the Doctor.
5: Yeah, the Doctor sustains the
2: episode. Yeah,
11: yeah. But I really enjoyed that. That was one. It's one of my, actually one of my favorite Voyager episodes. One I can watch over and over again.
2: That's true.
11: You know, it's just really cool. It has really cool battle scenes, and the Romulans are really cool. And then, um, I, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Andy Dick. I don't particularly like him. But I thought he did really well as the Mark II, the new mm. Doctor. He was just as funny and neurotic. And I don't know why doctors need to be neurotic, but.
5: Oh, they are.
11: He's just <laughs> as bad as the real doctor, but it was nice that the doctor, you know, saved the day and and he accomplished his goal, which was to tell Starfleet that Voyager survived and that they're all alive. And he gave them an account of everything, so now they know. That's so, true. So this leads to that one with uh, Barkley and the array. Yeah. Where they, and then they set up like a communication thing that they can do like every month. Yeah. That's right. So this one is actually this is the very first time they talk to Earth. This is where we, where Earth finds out that the Voyager crew are still alive, which is really cool. Overall, it was a really fun episode, some really good performances, some really good writing, and just really enjoyable. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so that's gonna do it for our uh, quick review of Voyager's A Message in a Bottle. Talk to you later, Rico.
2: Thanks Kenny and Harry. Uh, it was great to hear from you too uh, about this episode of uh, Voyager. Yeah, it's a great episode to uh, to cover and talk about. You know, it's 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 funny even after doing the podcast for 5 years, this is an episode that that gosh, years ago I said, "Boy, I really want to cover that Voyager episode with the Prometheus and the one that Andy Dick guest starred in and all that" cuz this is one of those that really stuck out in my mind during the original run and, and watching the series for the first time. And, and I don't know why it's taken me this long to get to this one in particular. But, uh, yeah, thanks so much for your comments, guys. Great to hear from you. And uh, let's see we've got another one here from Peter, our Brompton boy on the forums, and his comments about this episode. And uh, I think maybe one more after that. But, uh, anyway, here's Peter and his comments on this episode.
10: Hi Rico, hello everybody in the Trexan Sci-Fi community. This is Pete from Philadelphia, also known as Brompton Boy on the Trexan Sci-Fi Forum. Uh, Rico, I, I had never seen this episode of Voyager before, Message in a Bottle, uh, and I took the opportunity to watch it on your website, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I, I kind of looked at it with a jaundiced eye, I had a lot of questions uh, about this, uh, some questions about the the timeline in the Trek universe here that maybe I'm just not familiar with but uh, let me uh let me just give you a couple comments that I have about this um when I first started watching it I wasn't sure if this was going to be uh, an episode about this new alien communication grid that they discovered which is very exciting or if it was going to be another one of those episodes where they they wring their hands over the lack of emotion and lack of social skills that seven of nine have and, I, you know, I wouldn't have minded if it had been a seven of nine episode. You know, I uh, I, I can somehow force myself to uh, look at episodes about her. <laughs> uh, you know, I love that uniform and all that uh, that Borg jewelry. But it turns out it ended up being about the uh, the alien com grid, and they, of course, they were, as we all know, they sent the doctor a copy of the doctor through to the one ship that they could uh, get in touch with back in the Alpha Quadrant. I'm sorry. They didn't send the copy of the doctor. They sent the doctor. That's another question I always have. I mean, why not? Why not copy the guy? I mean, was that covered in other episodes? Why they can't make a duplicate of him? Uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously he could fit in that little hollow meter, so they should be able to copy that program. But hey, I guess I shouldn't ask too many questions of that sort. Another question I had is, uh, what were the uh, what were the Romulans doing taking that ship? And uh again, this it may be that I just don't know the whole what was going on in the whole trek verse at this time. I know that at this point they're having the conflict with the the Dominion and I know the Romulans were still on the fence at this point and, and hadn't been influenced one way or the other, uh, although they were kind of leaning towards the Dominion. But it sounded like that one romulan captain who was who was stealing the ship was kind of going against the commands of uh, of the Romulan Empire. And it sounded like he was going to give that ship to somebody else. And maybe I missed it, but I don't think they kind of explored that angle anymore. I, I was expecting him to maybe turn it over to the Dominion or something like that. And maybe that's what was going to happen. And maybe you could fill in the blanks there on uh, on my knowledge. So you know, who was that going to be given to? It was great to see Andy Dick as a guest star, as, a, as the... the uh, new and improved version of the emergency medical hologram. He, he's always pretty funny. Uh, so I enjoyed that. He and The, you know, the, the play between the doctor and him, were, uh, that was very enjoyable. Well, that's really all I have to say. Just a couple brief comments. Uh, see everybody on the forum. And remember, there is no sanctuary.
2: Well, thanks very much, Pete, for your comments. Always good to hear from you. Uh, as a little precursor, Peter and I, uh, due to a contest from the 50 year anniversary show, we're going to be covering an episode together next month uh, in October. Actually, we've settled on an episode of uh, from the original series, so I'll leave it at that. We'll kind of tease you with that. That'll be coming up uh, kind of mid to end of October, I believe. Uh, with regards to your comments uh, about the episode, let me fill you in at least on what I can recall about a a couple of questions you brought up. The first one is the doctor. This thing always has come up quite a few times, I think, throughout Voyager's history, and Kenny might know better or a few other people. uh, But but my recollection is a couple things, and I think I commented this about a, a little bit when I was covering the episode and listening and watching it, um, they, I think there were two issues always with, with trying to make a copy of the doctor. It, 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 I believe there was a storage issue with it, but I think the bigger one was something like this, and this is what I recall, is that when they tried to make a direct like one-to-one copy, like think about your computer and you're copying a file you know, one place to another and you're making a copy, I believe what I remember hearing was that it never works that, that something gets, m- is missing in the process, that it basically it, you get it, almost like an error message comes up when they try to do that. And for some reason, that hollow emitter thing from the 29th century that they got a hold of is about the only piece of tech that can handle uh, copying to it, okay? It can somehow handle it when they copy the doctor's program to the emitter, and then copy it back into the system, I guess, at least once into the computer system aboard Voyager. Why they can't then dupe it again, I, I don't know. I think that's just a matter of convenience. Most of it's convenience. If they could keep copying him, it, there would be no threat ever. Uh, you know, If he got lost, well, we've got a backup copy here, big deal. It's no big thing. So I, I think he's. it's a way to call him as being unique in a way, and and, and not make it really easy. Obviously, in this episode, they try to sort of duplicate him. Harry starts working on a program for Tom because Tom's worried about being stuck in sick bay. But of course, that's, that's much more complicated than it appears to be on the surface. So, you know, they try to come up with sort of a technical reason, but honestly, it's because they don't want to take that easy route that, you know, that if you could just keep copying him, it would be really handy and it would take some of the the drama away from it uh, as far as the romulans i believe it's mentioned that that ricar or whatever his name is the head romulan guy wants to take the ship to the romulans to the Talshiar, which are like the romulan uh military in a way aren't they they're sort of like the i've always thought they're sort of like the cia of of the Romulans, something like that uh, so he he isn't going to give it to somebody else. He's taking it back home. Of course, when the rather Romulans show up and they can't get communications going with um, the Prometheus, they believe that it's been taken back by Starfleet officers and start to fire on it and all that. At this point in history in, in Trek in the Trekverse, the Romulans are yeah still not uh, and they're not an ally yet in the Dominion War. So hopefully that helps. Uh, you know, it, it, some of it you have to kind of take with a grain of salt sometimes. But uh, I hope that helps some of your. Uh, Uh, Questions that you had, Peter. And uh, next up, we've got uh, Rick Moyer and his comments about this episode.
5: Hi, Rico. This is Rick Moyer from Aberdeen. Moyer777 on the forums and the host of Take Him with You, along with my wife, Amy. So glad that you are reviewing Message in a Bottle. The Voyager episode. This is such a cool episode on a number of fronts. Of course, I'm playing a little bit of police in the background because, you know...
9: SOS
5: to the world! You know, anyway. Here's why I like the episode. Number one, we finally get to to communicate with Earth. After all this time and wondering if they're ever going to get the message out. Second, it stars the Doctor, which is always great because he is such a wonderful actor Robert Picardo is just amazing and then of course the guest star they were so funny together and just the whole idea of uh, what they did to the Romulans it it was just great this is one of those episodes I can watch over and over again and just enjoy every bit of it also fun to watch seven of nine kind of get some etiquette on how to treat people I just, I really enjoyed the series of Voyager, but this episode in particular was a lot of fun, so four out of five, let me see, I'm going to give it a four out of five stars as one of a, one of a really, really good, good episode. Voyager, message in a bottle. I hope that someone
4: gets my,
5: I just, I like this song, message in a bottle, everybody come on, sing it with me. you liked it. Message in a bottle, yeah. Okay, well, anyway, thanks. Back to you, Rico.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Rick. Uh, Always good to hear from you. Uh, Like everyone else, I love uh, that you guys took the time to send in comments. It's it's great. Uh, It's it's so much fun. Sometimes I I, I think that maybe I'll have to do a show one week where all I do is basically play comments. We'll pick an episode maybe. Maybe I'll start this on the forum, start a thread of an episode. We'll pick one, and then it'll just be a comment-filled episode of of what you guys have to say about it rather than me talking very much. That might be a good good little thing to do. I like that idea. Yeah, we're going to do that. yeah, and uh, I, I agree. It's a great episode. Andy Dick was was fantastic. Uh, you know, I think sometimes he, he gets a little bit of a, a, a bad rap or maybe deservedly so with some of the stuff that happens with him outside of, you know, performing and actually acting and, and that. But, he, you know, he, he, he does a, a great job in this one. And uh, it is a shame we never got to see him again as an EMH or, or the Prometheus. But uh, it, it's a fun episode and one I enjoy. One last thing I wanted to say about this one, and we're going to wrap it up wrap up the show uh i thought that the timing of this episode where they start to being able to communicate with earth in you know middle or so of the fourth season was good it, it didn't come too soon and they didn't wait until like season seven before they got back in touch with earth it set them sort of on the stage to, to you know talking back with the home and 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 they they play it was a very good pace let's just say to me i i thought that if they had really you know somehow gotten in touch with earth or even gotten back or closer to home early on like in the first couple of seasons that the show wouldn't have been nearly as good as it turned out to be the series in general i mean and uh and and like i said again this this episode just i think overall has a lot of great stuff Uh, most of the actors get a little something nice to do in this one even neelix with his chili that's giving everyone indigestion so a very good use of the cast and and obviously especially the doctor for message in a bottle Next week on Treks in Sci-Fi. Oh, one last thing. Uh, Please, if you uh, aren't a forum member, go to treksinsci-fi.com, join the forum. We've had some new members lately. Always uh, welcoming uh, new people to uh, talk about geeky subjects. There's also some PayPal donation links on the main website. Uh, If you've got a few dollars, you're just you know figuring out what you want to do with you know send it send it to me. It will be helpful. This month is pay the annual costs of the hosting and everything like that month in september so uh anything that you can send in right now would be great so there's the uh <laughs> commercial for the week or whatever you want to call it anyway next week and I've, i'm sorry if i sound a little stuffy or a little congested i kind of cleaned the the apartment here and vacuumed and stuff or earlier and it, 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 i think i stirred up a lot of dust frankly and it's uh, bothering uh, my nose a bit uh but next week, we're going to look at the uh, very short-lived fantasy series. Unfortunately, only two seasons we got of it. It it, uh, it ended in the spring uh, called Legend of the Seeker. I, I've talked about this series on the forum. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast quite a few times. Uh, uh, one series that I, I, I really enjoyed, and we don't get enough really good fantasy series on TV. You get a lot of sci-fi mainly, uh, but not really some good fantasy. And uh, I, I already missed this series, and I want to bring it to people's attention a little bit more if you haven't seen it. So that'll be a next week's podcast. In two weeks, we'll be doing a Skype call, and the rest of the schedule can be always found on the main website of the forum, so you can find it there. I am going to end this uh, podcast with something a little uh, special, uh, a musical number, a musical song, but not uh, by Rick Moyer. No, this is by, uh, not by Rick, but the uh, it's by a, a little group called Team Unicorn, which is a, a group, I think, of three women... Uh, one of them is uh, named uh, Michelle Boyd, who works on the uh, Watch the Guild uh, web series, and Kenny from the forum knows her. Anyway, he put this uh, link to this uh, video, and it's a, basically sort of a spoof of that Katy Perry song, California Girls, using that uh, same melody and music and all, but with the different lyrics, of course. And the name of the song is called Geek and Gamer Girls Song. And uh, the, they're called Team Unicorn. And I just found this great. The video I will link in the podcast notes for the week. The video is even more fun. And there are some cameos, which you won't really be able to tell from the audio only of it. So definitely check this out. It's a great song. And the video is even uh, more fantastic to see uh, with them performing the song as well. So that's going to, uh, I'm going to put that. Uh, play that mp3 for you here they have it you can download it off of their site uh just go to the link that i'll provide in the notes and you can check it all out the video the the mp3 and the lyrics uh because the lyrics are great so that's gonna uh take us out of this week's edition of treks in sci-fi i'm rico your host uh thanks so much for listening again this week folks Uh, i always appreciate it tell your friends uh to to stop by and and give us a Give us a chance to. uh, (laughs) All right, everyone. Take care. Have a great week. I'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye.
5: Hello, friends.
7: Don't you want to meet a nice girl?
4: To go, love sci fi, yo, Marvel, DC, Vertigo. The girls are sweet, they can't be we find like Peach, Darth Maul, standing tall. He's so bad, so say we all. Epic loots, for the wind. Hijo's what we're raiding in. Hack source, Konami code, Dr. Who, who. Expert who? mode, game genies, wild Feenies, sick meanies, no weenies, don't forget they're the queenies. Gamer ladies, yeah. raiding the night, Babies I'm all up on you, cause you represent geeks and gamers. Game game over. over.
7: You've been listening to the weekly podcast Treks in Sci-Fi with Rico Dosti. For more information, visit treksinsci-fi.com. Join the forums treksinscifi.com slash forum Dr. Beverly Crusher. I would appreciate an explanation Yes, you should Do you have a comment, a suggestion, or a question? Email Rico today at treksf at gmail.com That's treksf at gmail.com How do you think that tells me about your character? Treks in Sci-Fi The weekly podcast with geeky goodness and entertainment news. Copyright 2010. All rights reserved. I can assure you that I'm not given to casual relationships. Yes, you should. Goodbye.